whenever people say, you know, AI or machine learning or whatnot, they're all talking about the same thing, David, and, and whoever's listening, be aware that they're literally talking pattern recognition. That's all we're talking about. Welcome to Smashing the Plateau. We help consultants, coaches, entrepreneurs, and small business owners build their businesses after long careers as employees. We believe you should be able to do more of what you love and get paid what you're worth consistently. I'm your host, David Schreiner-Khan. Today on Smashing the Plateau, I'm speaking with Paul Sokol. In today's episode, you will learn how pattern recognition fuels your marketing and sales process. Stay with us to hear all the details. How do you feel about where your business is today? Most of us do our best work in collaborative, supportive environments. Come explore ours. The Smashing the Plateau community can help you build your business through engaging discussions, live events, a private communication platform, accountability partners, and lots more. Learn more at smashingtheplateau.com. Now let's welcome Paul Sokol. Deemed the mad scientist of sales and marketing automation, Paul has been involved in countless projects as a result of his world-class customer journey automation and advertising authority. Paul, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. This is super cool. I love I love sharing stuff and, and I love the brand smashing the plateau. Thank you so much. Because that resonates real hard. Well, that's the idea. So nice to know that it does. Mm-hmm. So Paul, Paul, you started your career as an electrical engineer. Is your engineering background an ingredient in your becoming the mad scientist of sales and marketing? Absolutely. So I went to school, got a whole degree in electrical engineering, then even got a master's in signal processing for it. It was basically a six-year math test, which was fun. I liked it. But I did an internship for my senior year. And I realized that maybe I don't just want to lay out circuit boards and schematics for decades and then retire. So I ended up also getting into business, getting into knife sales, selling knives and started a video email company with my buddy in grad school. And in retrospect, now looking at it, I build people circuits. So instead of having electrons flowing through, you know, some kind of a network to get some result or whatever is people. And uh, as far as the automation, it's, I mean, that's what the automation is. And it's really about the relationships at scale. And I think that that helps me uh, both in the automation and the advertising game because the advertising game is, it's basically like uh, machine learning pattern recognition stuff, uh, which I did. I did my graduate work on neural networks and machine learning and stuff like that. Yeah, tell me a little bit more about the machine learning part of advertising. Yeah, let's go ahead. This is gonna <laughs> let's be go great. deep there. That's going to be great because uh, whenever people say, you know, AI or machine learning or whatnot, they're all talking about the same thing, David, and, and whoever's listening, be aware that they're literally talking pattern recognition. That's all we're talking about. That this thing has learned a pattern and learned to identify it. So for example, in graduate school, one of my last classes, we it was myself and another guy, and we taught a neural network to detect an irregular heartbeat, an irregular heart rhythm, using a particular type of neural network that this professor taught and developed and whatnot. 
Uh, and it was very, and, and it was just very, it was very effective. It wasn't super computationally huge because it, it leveraged all sorts of patterns that we could never see as humans. So when it comes to machine learning and, and pattern recognition and all that jazz, there, there's actually only two kinds that can ever exist, which is pretty crazy if you think about it. There, there's two types of machine learning. You ready for it? Yeah. You got supervised learning and you have unsupervised learning. Everything else is an algorithm about those two, or it's talking about the data into it or the data that's coming out of it. Because machine learning and AI, it's all about training the thing, right? And then the thing detects patterns. So this happens a lot in industrial manufacturing. You have things ripping down a conveyor belt and you have a camera running on it. And the camera is just trained, like, for example, like maybe a, like, like a nut factory, like peanuts, cashews, that kinds of thing. If the camera detects something that's not a peanut ripping through the assembly line, it'll knock it into a waste bin or you'll have things where like it'll be a puff of air that blows it off the line to not impact the other ones because it's literally just learned Oh, this is what a peanut looks like. This is what a piece of shell looks like, you know, that kind of stuff. So as far as advertising, it's, as you can imagine, it's all supervised learning. We know what the outcome is. The difference with unsupervised is we don't know. Here's a bunch of data. Go, really, it's, it's unsupervised is a clustering exercise. It's like you opened up every bag of Legos and, okay, sort them by color. Okay, sort them by length. You know, that kind of stuff. But for advertising, it's all about supervised learning. We know that we want to purchase out at the output or we want a lead generated at the output of this ad. So, you know, it's all scientific theory. It's a hypothesis. My hypothesis is that if I want the objective of a purchase and I run this message to this market, I should get purchases out. And then Facebook and these these ad networks are just learning what a purchaser looks like. So I've gone off on a massive rant, and I could talk about this forever. Am I doing anything close to answering the questions? Do you have questions? Do I need to yeah. explain something like I'm five because I just spoke way too much? <laughs> yeah, Paul, I'd love to hear a, a story of the kind of ad that you're talking about, the kind of business. Etc. All right. So let's let's do something simple that a lot of people can relate to: the lead generation. Now, to click twenty thousand feet up into the conversation, making sure that we all use the same language. When I talk about a lead, I'm talking about the moment that the marketing journey transitions to the sales journey. You know, in other words, we have the name with a face that we can follow up with. And then, of course, once the sales happen, the third part of the journey is fulfillment. But that's it. We all know the customer journey, marketing, sales, fulfillment. So when I'm talking about lead generation, I'm exclusively talking about that transition from marketing to sales, where we're collecting some kind of information to follow up with them and begin the sales process. Okay. So 10,000 foot, that's... Right. Okay. So now let's click back down into the trenches here, talking about ads. So... Lead generation. Actually, we'll talk about a story. We'll talk about a tractor dealer in Alabama. They said they're one of the leading Kabuto 
tractor dealers in the state. And if you want a tractor with all the fixings and accessories, they're the people for it. So from a lead standpoint, their website is about requesting a quote because it's basically like buying a car. Actually, it's like buying a really expensive car. You can easily spend $80,000 on a single tractor and then an extra 50K on the lawnmower attachment and all this extra bells and whistles, right? Right. So it all their sales process starts from this generating a quote. That's where leads generated. So from a machine learning, AI, neural network standpoint, it's supervised. We know that quotes need to come out of this thing. We need to push people to the website and we need quotes to come out of it. So that's exactly what the ad networks are doing. We have a couple of audiences and then we also have what's known as a lookalike audience or similar audience. Because the, the thing about machine learning and AI, it's all like garbage in, garbage out. You put in bad data, you're going to get bad data out kind of thing. So we create a lookalike audience off of people that have requested a quote. Does that make sense? Yes. We're telling the ad network, look, and here's this whole cluster. I like these a fishing analogy. Here's this whole school of fish that, that requested a quote. Now go find other people that look like this. Similarly, go show them this, this video with this accompanying text that takes them to the, the package page on the website where people can request a quote. I mean, that that's, it, it's, it's a machine learning thing. And then the money comes into play because you're, it, it's, it's like social postage. You're paying to put your message in front of people and you're in competition with all the other advertisers. It's a giant auction. I don't know if you knew that, but advertising, it's all auction based. Meaning what? So as an advertiser, let's just say it's you and me. I mean, you and me are in an advertiser, in an advertiser, you and me are advertisers in the auction for generating a lead or let's say generating a landing page view or generating a purchase, whatever the objective is, right? So we're in this auction and I say, listen, I'll pay up to this much for lead. You'll say, I'll pay up to this much. And then I'm like, well, you know what? I'll inch up, I'll inch up. And then finally the Facebook or Google or whatever auctioneer says, so David, next time we believe that somebody is going to become a lead, you won the right to, you, you won that ad inventory. So then now the next time, Johnny, anybody is scrolling through the Facebook feed and it's time for an ad to show up because Meta has determined that it's time for an ad to show up. Because you're the advertiser, you won. Now you actually get to show your ad. You get to use that inventory. And then that is actually where the cost is determined. So maybe y'all bid 500 bucks on a lead, but when it's time, maybe it's really only, maybe it's only like a $10 display cost or something like that. Or maybe it's 20 bucks. The, the cost per thousand impressions ends up being 20 bucks or 10 bucks or whatever. So, but again, it's all machine learning. And as far as winning the auctions, that's also machine learning. It looks at your previous performance as an advertiser. It looks at what's the web page you're going to. What does Facebook believe is the likelihood someone's going to do what they're asking? You know, so if I'm in a purchase auction and I'm saying go to this page, Facebook's going to look at it and be like, we predict that this percentage of people will actually purchase. And these are all factors that determine whether or not you win the auction, which means you can then show your ad. And then that happens 
constantly. And then if someone goes to your website, they fill out a form, we send a lead event, great. That's the supervised learning we want. That information goes back to the ad network and says, great, hey, Susie Smith just became a lead, period. And then whoop, it feeds everything else. And so just understanding it's you know, there's the inputs and there's the outputs, and then there's that magic they call the hidden layers, you know, in, in the middle, and just understanding how they work. And then that's also where the art and the science blends with it. I don't care if you have the best ad in the world for hamburger. If you're targeting vegetarians, you're not going to sell nothing. Right. So that's where the sky isn't falling with AI and stuff. It still takes a human to do it. You still have to understand what you're doing. Like, I think it's, uh, I think it was an analogy Frank Kern used many years ago. He was like, if you walked Angelina Jolie down death row and was like, hey, who wants to go on a date with this woman? You'd probably get like a 100% conversion rate because like, that's what the audience wants kind of thing. So, but that again, takes the science of it. You got to make sure that, that, that you're not trying to sell hamburgers and you're, that's a weird analogy. I'll, I think I'll, we'll let the listeners fill that one in, but that's the idea. Or like uh, Gary Halbert, he liked to ask all the smart marketing advertising people in his seminars, if I had something, to, uh, if I had a hamburger to sell, what would I want in an audience? The most important feature. And very rarely people got, they just wanted a hungry audience. If you have somebody that's hungry and you got something that can fulfill that hunger, they'll take it, they'll buy it. But again, it's not going to just be blind buying it. It's, okay, feed the Beyond Meat ads to the vegetarians feed the wagyu steak ones to the high-end meat eaters go feed a salmon ad to the pescatarians that kind of stuff paul how does your process of sales and marketing automation differ from the way others might approach it that's a great question and the answer is very simple it's based on the customer experience everything the, the customer experience is the progenitor of everything so the customer experiences your offer and that offer is experienced through the customer's lens of your marketing, your sales and your fulfillment. And then behind the scenes in the wings, you know, that, that people don't see there's the operations. In most cases, the customer doesn't see the operations of how do you fulfill? How do you sell? How do you market? And then there's, of course, the, the people that actually do the operations and then money pays for the people and the tools and all that stuff. So when it comes to sales and marketing, it all starts with that customer journey. I don't care what tool people use. Yes, I've been using Keep Infusionsoft since I was like in my mid-20s in 2008. And sometimes there's better tools for the job. But it doesn't matter what the tool is because it's the end result. You're not when you buy a drill bit, you're not buying a drill bit, you're buying the hole in the wall so you can hang your picture. And so that's what makes us different is everything is customer journey focused. And it actually is a storyboarding experience, almost like in a, in a movie or a TV show or blocking out a, a scene on, on stage. What does the customer experience? What do they see? So they, they, they see an ad. Cool. Then what happens? Then they see a page that says, get my free gift. And then uh, after they say, here's my name and info, then they see a page that says, great, 
check your email for your free gift or check your text message for a link to the free gift. And then they get the free gift. That's the journey. The tool's negligible at that point. Who cares? Who cares who sent the email? Who cares who sent the text? Who cares where the webpage is being hosted on or whatnot? The, the fact is that somebody wanted something and you gave it to them. That's the journey. Then once that's clear, now you start to say, okay, operationally, how is this going to work? Okay, well, we're going to use a Facebook lead ad and not a Google lead ad or not a LinkedIn lead generation ad. Cool. And then we're going to take them to, I don't know, a hosted keep landing page. Or I got a client right now, they have click funnels. Okay, fine. The ads point to a click funnels page. And then if they hit the thank you page, that means they bought the thing, which is also a click funnels page. But then the email, okay, that comes from again, whatever comes from Keep, they've got some send uh, send grid integration, you know, who knows? That's and that's where we shine because we can absolutely separate the whole tactical tool baloneyness from what are we actually trying to do? I've got a client in a book launch right now and I literally need an MP3 file, which is the bonus audio chapter. Everything else is built. The whole journey is good. I can't hit the switch and turn it on until I have that asset. So automation is the same way as far as our planning. Where is it in the customer journey? And then we always talk about Oak like the tree, except it's OAC. It's your objective, your audience, and your creative, which if you go back and listen to this podcast again, that I recommend it, when describing advertising, I am talking through the context of the objective and the audience and the creative. And the other thing that makes this unique is that this is all written down on a piece of digital paper, just like a schematic. So there's one source of truth. And we we don't even get software access until that stuff's finalized as well, because there's no need to. I don't need to access your Facebook ads account until you have all the videos ready and you've approved all the text and we have all your pixels installed. Great. Now we can run ads. So I hope I've been answering your questions or maybe you're, you're either in awe or like shaking your head. Like I can't believe this guy is smashing the plateau over here. Paul, we started this conversation by talking about your degree in electrical engineering. Um, (laughs) And I'm really curious to know, in addition to your technical degree, How have you learned what you now apply to the core of your business? So I've learned it through actively learning it and researching it, mostly through the actual implementation of it. So I was very blessed that not only did I get to work for, at the time it was Infusionsoft, directly as a success coach, uh, helping people launch the software when they first got started. So I, I got all that experience using the software because I, I had used it with my video email company. And now I got to experience it with like B2C offers, B2B offers. Here's a product. Here's your services. Here's an assisted transaction. Here's an assisted. This whole gamut of potential businesses. And then I got brought into the product team where now I had to create campaign models for mass consumption. I had to create a campaign that a thousand people could click install and, and support is not going to blow up. Because, you know, there's something there. So when it comes to automation and with advertising too, but with automation, it's all about relationships at scale. And so it's about, it really is the devil is in the details. And so it's been a lot of implementation, a lot of seeing what's working and resonating with people, what isn't working. 
And then as far as advertising, it's a little bit of both. It's Well, of course it's both. It's actively learning and seeking out what are these new technologies, what's happening. Like, I don't know if it's, it's February 2023 right now. Google Analytics, Universal Analytics is going to stop collecting data in June or July. So anybody that's been using Google Analytics needs to upgrade to Google Analytics for regardless, or they're not going to be collecting data. So that's something that I'm aware of. And so now, okay, implementing it for my own business, helping other clients implement and learn from it because I'm pretty, I'm actually pretty nihilistic. I've, I've studied ontology though. So yes, nothing matters. There's no meaning behind anything, but it's not this depressive ennui of like, no, nothing matters. Well, yes, nothing matters, which means you get to choose what matters. And so when it comes to, to, to business and things like that, it, it's, it'd be prone, uh, you know, myself, my partner, Brina, we approach it very academically, also uh, almost like a doctor, where it doesn't matter. A, a human body is a human body. It's got the same core systems. The doctor's seen and heard it all. So with business, it's kind of the same way. So approaching business and, and adver- advertising automation with these like these nihilistic things of like it's not important listen you're targeting businesses with the service great that means you can do x y and z that also means you should not do a b and c because we've seen this and that's sometimes kind of hard and rubs certain communication styles the wrong way and i take responsibility for that too because i can also i could be a little more delicate in how i share that sometimes but I think that's really what has been what makes us so rinse and repeat reliable with the things that we do. That it, what you have isn't special. Your customers aren't special. Human psychology has been the same for two million years. What do you have to offer? What's it going to do for people? How do they get it? Now we can have the conversation. Of course, in the advertising and the emails, of course, we have to talk to people emotionally through their emotions, what their worries and fears and pains and challenges are. But I guess at the strategic level, you really got to pull back and be like, homie, you're a hot dog cart. You're, you're, you're serving a product to consumers. So immediately that takes half of the strategies off the table because you're not a B2B service. And I guess, uh, and, and thread, <laughs> I get a hope. Yes. I hope this is valuable. I hope this is it's been a fascinating discussion. I was going to ask you if, if um, anyone listening wants to go deeper, learn more, or access any resources that you may have, where's the best place for them to go? Yeah. So I would say for right now, there's probably, there's two really good places to go. The first one would be going to the BPRO link tree. So our brand is called BPRO and that's what we believe. If you're going to do anything, you might as well be pro about it. So our website is bpro.events and then it's slash link tree. So B-E-P-R-O dot E-V-N-T-S slash L-I-N-K-T-R-E-E. And that'll give you all the latest and greatest. And then if you want to go ahead and find me either on Facebook or LinkedIn, just go ahead and search for Paul S-O-K-O-L. I'm under the hair on Facebook and then just have a normal LinkedIn profile. And then if you're a super nerd, you can go to paulsocal.me and join my my email list, my under the hair email list, which 
is very infrequent at this point. I only send emails when there's genuinely something that I'm like, this is awesome. Other people need to know about it. So sounds sounds good. Paul, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to join us today on Smashing the Plateau and share a little bit about your experiences, your insights. My guest today has been Paul Sokol. Thank you, Paul, for joining us. You're welcome. Thanks for having me, David. Thanks for listening, everybody. Go smash that plateau. When you visit the Smashing the Plateau website at smashingtheplateau.com, you'll find a summary of each episode along with the links we mentioned on the show. On today's episode with Paul Sokol, we learned how pattern recognition fuels your marketing and sales process. How do you feel about where your business is today? Most of us do our best work in collaborative, supportive environments. Come explore ours. The Smashing the Plateau community can help you build your business through engaging discussions, live events, a private communication platform, accountability partners, and lots more. Learn more at smashingtheplateau.com. I'm David Schreiner-Khan. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. I'll see you on our next episode.